I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who holds space for any earthling as they reunite body and soul. I'm a bridge for relationships between all species so that the heart bond becomes stronger, deeper, and more loving. I serve in the roles of animal communicator, medium, and medical intuitive, and I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support all earthlings in their recovery from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. In my work serving all species on the planet, it continually both amazes and amuses me how animals find a way to bridge the so-called communication gap between species so effortlessly. Language is truly no barrier because with energy as the go-to language, it's just a matter of finding that right expression of that language with which to ensure that the resonance of the thought or the emotion or the action vibrates in the right way and on the right frequency. And, you know, when it's looked at in that way, it may feel or seem more like a needle in a haystack kind of thing. At least to the human animal, which would be all of y'all and myself included. I mean, we can't even use our own dictionary (laughs) and words correctly at times. Throughout history, we have come up with our own colloquialisms and slang terms just to confuse ourselves, I think, and to perhaps make each generation's mark on our human-animal vocalizations also known to us as language. Because truthfully, if any ethologist who is someone studying the behavior of animals were to study the human animal and our vocalizations, I'm not sure they'd be able to make heads or tails of them. So when I hear from whale with their rolled eyes, when it comes to our using AI to decipher their songs and come up with sounds that they make that mean the same thing in our language, such as ice, food, or baby, just to name a few, I think you can see their point. They are expressions, to be sure, of a vocal nature meant to underscore the energy of a situation, a thing, but it's the energy of the thing that comes first. For our species, we're looking at it, you know what, backwards, and putting a high price on the language itself because we perceive ourselves to be all that and then some, just because we think we have a language that sets us above and apart all others, while theirs is just, air quotes, vocalizations. Little do we know that the chatter that goes on about our species, I think, might go something like this. Bruh. Did you hear that they're all calling each other bruh now or bro, like they're all related or something? Do you think we should take this as a good sign that they're moving in the right direction of actually being a family? Well, it's better than dude, right? Yeah, I think they still use dude, though, or homie, or fam, or home slice, or sheesh. They have so many words for each other that keep changing. How are we to know exactly what they're talking about and what they mean to say? Aren't you glad that we just use energy to commune with each other? True that. We always keep it 100. And because I and so many other human animals like me serve as communicators between different species, we sometimes receive 
very up-to-date idioms that the animals know are part of our current lexicon that function as resonators of a kind, which by definition increases the resonance itself of the vibration, like with a musical instrument. Because the message or the conversation is already going through one person, as in like a game of telephone, do you all remember that game where you whisper something to someone next to you who has to repeat it verbatim, hopefully, to the next person and so on until you see what you end up with, which is usually something very different than what you started out with? Even with one person involved in what needs to be and really can be a one-to-one conversation, and hey, don't get me wrong, I love what I do, there can be chance for miscommunication because my experience serves as a kind of filter that may or may not be the exact same translation that another animal communicator might translate. And to be sure, it's the same in any translation between languages for our species, that the exact translation isn't always the same as in the same language. There's nuance that may or may not come through with the vocalizations themselves. And even then, the individual interpretation between individuals may vary based on experience, right? For instance, you could say, call your mom. And everyone hearing those three simple words could have different reactions or responses or interpretations of just three words. It's incredible when you think about it, how words have the ability to link us up to our nervous system in a way that's unparalleled on this planet, except for energy, of course. And when we pay attention to the words themselves, as well as whether or not those words are resonating for us. Because that's the gold standard, the true litmus test, I think, and I know it is for my clients. Whether what you hear rings true for you, and talk about an idiom that actually has the backing of the sound of a word or a phrase, that your body's own 60 plus percent water will respond positively or not so much in return. It's so much better when both vocalizations as well as resonance work together. That's the very, very cool thing about using energy as resonance. And as I have said to you all before, and as my clients hear constantly, let's see, how am I going to put this? It usually is truly my way of finding the exact words to match the resonance of what I'm getting from the animal so that their guardian will be able to feel with their own body, which I have to say, I think probably 85 to 87 slash 90% of the time they do. And you know why? And you know how I know that? Because I'll feel it. I'll be able to tell when that resonates with their body. And hopefully the guardian will say something as well. The bandwidth narrowing with aging phrase slash resonator came along fairly soon after I started doing animal communication, and it happens, as the podcast title indicates, with all species. This is a planet whose design I certainly didn't have a say in, nor likely did any of you. If you did, I want to talk to you about this. I would have created something more akin to any of the star planets 
that's where my soul lineage is from, and perhaps you all would have as well. This is a planet wherein the biological vehicles for our souls degrades over time until it stops functioning due to its lack of ability to continue to hold the essence of our souls safely and securely. And it's funny because right now I'm hearing from somebody out there who's listening, when does it ever completely do that? And that's a true statement. The body itself is subject to injury, disease, and all manner of harm, where it might heal itself, and then again it might not. For sure this is a subject for a whole other podcast, and I promise I'll get to that. This is a planet, though, where for our species, all parts of the body decline more or less in proportion to each other. So the cardiac and the respiratory system decline in the same manner and time as does the immune system or the skeletal system, etc. We're so terribly cute, pretty much all of us, when we're incarnated onto the planet, and so terribly not cute, <laughs> at least physically, when our bodies release our souls and do their business of being recycled back into the planet. Because While we may get off the planet at some point, our souls that is, the rest of us in human experience is stuck here, well, forever. It wouldn't be a surprise to realize that our nervous system and its components like the brains, our thoughts, and our emotions, also part of the nervous system, match the deteriorating plan of the physical vehicle. And as it so often happens, our mental and emotional acuity can decline as well in all species. And maybe it would be a surprise that your companion animal can also have a similar decline, which is most often seen absent having an animal communicator tell you through their behavior. In dogs, this may show up as increased reactivity or other sudden shifts in behavior. The same goes for cats and perhaps cats vocalizing much more late at night or during the day. My own sweet Lacey had the vocalization issue where our lovely family veterinarian, now retired, said, quote, I think the problem is between her ears, meaning (laughs) her brain and her mental state. As a medical intuitive, I can see what healthy tissue looks like, if that's what I'm shown by the animals, if they think it's relevant. And this usually looks pretty much like a nice Barbie pink. Organs or tissue that is infected or inflamed will show up as, you guessed it, red. And if there's been a stroke or other incident, the tissue will look gray, as if it has died, because in truth, it has. The language of energy then with animals for me in my experience all know exactly what to show me that will resonate. And it's not always a visual. Sometimes it's a word or phrase in clairaudience. Sometimes it's a feeling in my body, clairsentience. And sometimes it's claircognizance, which is just a knowing of a fact without being told that fact previously. Like I said, animals are really good at keeping up with our changes in vocalizations, slang, and current idioms, so it was originally a picture of an electrical frequency that I was shown, and while I was looking at that, I could see the parameters of the graph holding that frequency and illuminating that frequency were being moved towards the center. So, in effect, they were narrowing or shrinking. I was being shown a bandwidth or the visual of an individual's energetic vibration and that for whatever reason, which is figured out soon enough, is shifting. So what happens when we shrink bandwidth while the energy stays the same? 
It compresses the energy and makes sharper spikes in frequency where heretofore there had been smoother peaks and valleys. We also know that awareness of energy coming into this vibration and frequency isn't as it was before because the bandwidth is narrowed. So what is usually a common experience for that being has now been moved awareness-wise outside of the bandwidth, making the being see that other energy as new, foreign, and at times something to be feared. This is when, for older humans, we might see repetition of actions that soothe and fear of new actions, new faces, and new situations becoming more common. This is when, for older animals, we would see a mirror of that same thing for them. There may be repetition of actions that soothe, and new situation, faces, etc., becoming more fearful to them and maybe even for the first time. For all species, it's important to rule out any medical or health issues to make sure that anything underlying these shifts can be treated. That's number one. If that's already been done, and if it's with an animal, I often encourage the guardian to look back over the last, say, three to six months to see if this behavior really did shift overnight, or maybe if it's been coming on for quite some time. You know, we spend their lives with them as we do our other family members. And so changes in this bandwidth narrowing may be really subtle at first, and we're just not aware of the really small shifts in the beginning. When the behavior that's the resonator of the internal shift really gets loud, looking back can provide a great deal of comfort to the guardian and putting some solidity to the new space of life path that our beloved animal companion is in so that we can be there with them and embrace this next phase of their life, which we all know ultimately leads to transition. And yet, this phase can be such a beautiful time of celebrating the end of their crazy youth, maybe as counterintuitive as that sounds. There is such a sweetness to the wisdom and the depth of soul path that an animal reaches with us if we're lucky so that any narrowing of bandwidth, either mentally or emotionally, and physically as well, can be viewed as the first step in extending this runway of life with them just toward a different phase. That can be just as joyous, if not more so, as when they were first a puppy or the first day that they came into our lives, because that most definitely is a choice after all. And at least, that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. To schedule online, go to lazanflynn.com. Come find me on social media, Facebook, ex-Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. The episodes of this podcast are available on my YouTube channel, complete with subtitles. You'll find that link in my podcast footer and be sure to subscribe. This has been the Animals Eye View Podcast. I'll see you next time.